Welcome to Love and a Romance Podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caitlin. How are you doing today? I am good. I got my swim, got my run, got my bagel. Feeling good. I also got a bagel. You took my bagel. <laughs> yeah. It's delicious. You took a tax though. Yeah, obviously. That's how it's done. Yeah. I'm really excited for what we're talking about today and I had a really, really, really awful week at work, but somehow I still managed to read four or five books Jesus. to get ready, which is why I'm exhausted. But... I'm really excited about our topic, and they were all by this author we're going to be talking about. Yeah, I think I read, over the last two weeks, four or five of her books, but I also read a bunch of other books this week because I just needed <laughs> I was going to say, that's a reasonable amount, but then <laughs> it definitely starts to average to like one every day and a yeah. half, well, which, which yeah. is why we have this podcast. So if you're joining us for the first time, we're a romance podcast. We're sisters. We're romance junkies. We're attorneys by day, romance junkies by all the time. All the time we can fit in besides that. Yeah. And, and uh, I don't know. Anything else? I think that's it. Do you want to give the content warning for today? Yeah, absolutely. This podcast is for adult listeners only. This episode, we're going to be talking about sex, a lot of it uh, based on our author spotlight that we're going to be doing. Um, not every episode is going to be maybe this raunchy in discussion. But generally, we'll be cursing, saying things you probably don't want your kids to hear. So if you need a break, take one, come back later, and let's jump right in. Who are we talking about today? We are talking about Tessa Bailey, who is a prolific contemporary romance novelist. Yes, and she... She has a lot of books. She's written a ton. Like, there's no way I could have read her entire catalog together for this episode. But she also has a couple bestsellers that are, they've done really well in, like, the mainstream fiction marketplace, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The big one was her, one of her most recent books called It Happened One Summer, which we will talk about because it is amazing. And that's, like, been on, I think, just, like, the normal fiction bestseller list. And part of the reason we're doing her, or the spotlight for her is because the next iteration of that book is coming out right yeah actually by the time we release this episode it'll probably already have been out and i'll probably already have read it because i pre-ordered of course you did yeah and it, it'll arrive on my doorstep on march 1st and i'm just gonna dive right into so it that will definitely be released by now so uh, <laughs> go check it out if you haven't already seen yeah. it okay so first of all what do you think of when you think of tessa bailey oh what do i think of um like if i'm like sex yes okay. and c- characters with like super random that's not what i was expecting you to say but like it's really just because of fixer up which we'll talk about a little bit well you know what they have like no that's like pretty accurate i think for some of the other books i read right i mean it happened one summer kind of too yeah and some of the other ones okay that's okay that's interesting now i'm gonna pay attention to it as we discuss i was gonna say dirty talk Mm -hmm. like that's just the number one thing like she is amazing at writing dirty talk and it's in every book Every character happens to be a master of it, and uh, I am Tessa Bailey's target audience, so I'll just go in saying that. But in honor of the author spotlight and the types of books we're talking about, this week I am wearing a color called Temperature is Rising, and it is like this punchy orange red. It's hot, just like Tessa Bailey books. like it. I'm wearing Topeless Beach which is obviously a taupe, <laughs> but it's in honor of the Beach Kingdom trilogy, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which takes place on, uh, I think, a Long Island beach. Oh, I, what I definitely want to talk about is she sets her books all over the place in different locations. Like, some authors just write where they're from and they, like, focus a lot. But, I mean, where where did Fix Her Up take place? Do you remember? Fantasyland. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, shit, where was that? I don't remember. Okay. Well, I wrote where my books that I read that take place and like they're all over the country and it's kind of refreshing to like, you feel like you're traveling around with her. So, um, okay. So Tessa Bailey is great at dirty talk. She's great at writing sex scenes for all the books we've read between us. Every sex scene is like incredibly different and novel. And it really got me thinking about like how much sex I like in the books I read. Mm -hmm. And I think of it always as like, do you like your porn with plot or your plot with porn? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's just a brief interlude. Kristen and I 
do not often read clean romance. Clean no. being clean meaning like it doesn't have graphic sex scenes on the like page. it will be closed. Closed doors is clean. Or fade to black. And the example of this is when I lent Caitlin a book a couple months ago, and I didn't tell her, and she returned it, and she said like, the story was great, but you didn't. There's no sex. There's nothing, and I hate you. <laughs> It's not that strong. <laughs> Why did I waste my time? Um, okay, but yes, to that point, like I like a little spice in my books, and I'm one that likes their plot with porn versus the other way around. Like I yeah. cannot read straight up erotica. Like it, I just I need a story. Like yeah, I can't just like read sex on the page without there being like a connection or like a build up or anything in the in the storyline. So. Yeah, for me, it's the same as in my actual life. Like, I never really got the whole hooking up, like, one-night stand thing because I need an emotional connection, and I feel the same way about books. Like, I need there to be an emotional connection between the characters for the sex to be exciting to me and, like, mean something. Just showing me a penis isn't, like, doesn't doesn't do it for me. <laughs> Unless it's Sebastian Stan. Oh, <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, my husband in the room with us. <laughs> Uh, do also watch that director. show if you don't know what we're talking about we're talking about the pam and tommy show Which on we'll hulu talk, we'll talk about on some future episode of yeah podcast, there is a lot of dick in it though a lot of dick and a lot of penis in episode two okay. tangent back to the, back to the <laughs> point yeah so anyway but yeah so i can't do straight up erotica and I, what i like about tessa bailey is like her books are super super hot and spicy mm-hmm. but i think she does a really good job of bringing a lot of character development a lot of plot I, for the most part, at least for the books I read, like, I felt like the characters were well-developed. They go through, like, a transformation. And then you get all the spicy stuff, too. So I think they're good books to read, like, if you're in the mood where, like, you need something spicy, but you also want to be into the storyline. You agree? I would agree with that. That said, after reading, like, five or six Tessa Bailey books in a row, I totally start to see the patterns between, like, basically they're all the same guy. And that's not a bad thing because, as I said, I am Tessa Bailey's target audience. For the most part, these guys are, like, very alpha, very possessive. There's mm-hmm. a lot of, like, mine, like, put that in quotes, like, during sex, not during sex. There's a lot of, like, ownership, a lot of jealousy. And so she manages to do this across a bunch of different male characters. Like, they all have different personalities and like except for this one thing but they do like different jobs they like come from different backgrounds but they all kind of like align on this point um and i wouldn't say her male characters are like toxic either Mm -hmm. um for me they're like a good i like a good jealous possessive guy as long as it doesn't get to the point where they're like oh you can't go out and wear that and then they literally like and like no you're not going out the door it's just nice if they say it, but you walk out anyway and they deal with it. Yeah, I will say the female characters in her books are pretty strong. Yeah, they To are. counteract the sort of alpha male yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't get, just doesn't get to a toxic point. Like, I was no. thinking about some other books I've read. For example, like, Danielle Laurie's Maid series, which I think you mm-hmm. read The Sweetest Oblivion, right? Mm-hmm. So I read all three of the books in that series. It's a mafia is, romance. Yeah, it's a mafia romance series, and it is really good, and I do not really like mafia romance, but I really liked these. But I think those guys, and it's been a while since I've read them, but I think the guys in there are, like, so possessive and jealous to the point where, like, if someone looks at their, like, the female main character, like, they, like, shoot that person or, like, literally yeah. lock her away somewhere. It's a different, it's a different vibe. Yeah, and, um, and those vibes are totally valid when you're in the mood for that, but um, I think Tessa Bailey does a good job of getting you all those alpha characteristics without it, like tipping over the edge to something that could be uncomfortable in real life. Yeah. I think Tessa Bailey's books, they're not angsty. Like they're just Yeah. They're just fun for the most part. Like they're just fun to read. They've got really good dirty sex scenes. They're like kind of quirky. Um she does deal with some darker themes. Like in It Happened One Summer, the main male character has, you know, a wife who passed away and he's sort of dealing with his emotions over that over years since it's been passed but she does it in a way that it's not angsty it doesn't dwell on those things it's really about the characters in the present and how they come together yeah really nice yeah absolutely okay so i want to start talking about the books and i do want to talk about it happened one summer because it's one of my favorite but my absolute favorite tessa bailey of those that i've read is actually a novella it's like the only novella romance novella i've read and oh my god if they're all like this I'm here for it. It's called The Major's Welcome Home. And you read it too? Mm-hmm. Twice. Twice. <laughs> yes. In 
for like quick succession. It's like, it's like a two hour read. Yeah, no, absolutely. Which is why it's perfect. Yeah. So I also read it twice once like many, many months ago. And then as a reread and prep for this, but I think Caitlin read it literally <laughs> twice, twice back to back. Right. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> don't lie. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. You watched Fifty Shades of Grey twice back to back. I, it's not even. <laughs> I did. I did. You know that movie's 10 years old. I don't want to think about that. But like I wasn't into romance at all back then and so i had never it's seen your only outlet <laughs> well yeah i saw that movie and i was just like whoa i need to watch that again and then i did and they're horrible but yeah. um but that's not what we're talking about the majors welcome home okay so this is a novella right like caitlin said it takes like two hours to read so if you need something like hot and steamy in an afternoon kenna is the daughter of like a general or something like mm-hmm. and they live on on an or near army general yeah. yeah army general and they live like on or near an army base and she's like the chick with the tattoos and like the army boots and she's, she's like a metal worker yeah she's like a welder yeah like she's totally badass like i, I always, she doesn't do army guys no she doesn't because her mom like apparently cheated on her dad with like a bunch of army guys and was like uh, had a lot of talk there's a lot of gossip about her and she does not want that in her life but i always picture her wearing like jeans or like leather pants and or a, like mo- some some combat boots or something yeah combat boots and like a leather jacket like she's a total badass anyway it starts out she's in the car going to pick up this major who's like coming home after like a six-year mm-hmm. campaign or campaign's the wrong word <laughs> I'm not six familiar. year tour six year tour thank yeah. you not familiar with the terminology and she's expecting like this old guy to come home because it's a major which i guess is like a pretty high up title again yeah, don't know. don't know about it but anyway she goes to pick him up and he turns out to be this like six foot something like strapping young man yeah in dude. his mid-20s and he's like very polite he's like mamming her all over the place and she's like <laughs> she's like please stop do not mam me and they end up like weirdly clicking and for some reason he shares like a bunch like on the the swift drive home uh because she's dropping him off at like the barracks wherever he's staying before he goes back to like i don't remember if it's kentucky or georgia he's going somewhere like to his family's peach farm and like now that his tour is over he's gonna like become a peach farmer but he's staying for a few days in the barracks wherever they are on the base um to like transition Anyway, turns out he was, like, with this girl forever, maybe since they were teenagers, and they were, like, saving themselves for each other, and then he went on a tour for six years. So. And they broke up. They broke up. So he he is a 26-year-old virgin. And she is like, what? (laughs) This is a timely episode, too, because Caitlin has been wanting to do a virgin uh, MMC male main character episode. They're just so, listen, we'll talk about it, but I have a lot of thoughts, possible yeah. thoughts. Anyway, so he's he's one of them. He's one of these mythical creatures. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so they just can't stay away from each other, and it's it's very hot. There's, I would say, like, compared to her other books, like, there's a larger proportion of, like, sex scenes. Yeah. Like, there's just as many it, sex right. scenes in the novella as there would be in, like, one of her full-length books, right. but you have half as many pages. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's it's like it's a good time. Like they go to he goes to dinner with her dad because he invites her over, and then she shows up, and he's like, "Fuck!" Like, I'm like <laughs> really turned on at this dinner, and he's like, like con- trying to like deal with woman. his like I'm like an upstanding gentleman with like her like rough and tough side. Yeah. And but what I really liked about it is I feel like I had a really good sense of their characters in like such a short like amount of pages. Yeah, and it has like a little you know. There's a thing at the end where, like, you know, they will they, won't they? A little bit of angst. They have, like, you know, their little fight or whatever. They're going to break up. And, you know, it has a happy ending, which is great. But yeah. highly, highly recommend if you haven't read that one. It's really good. I think it's on Kindle Unlimited, too. I think it is. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about It Happened One Summer. Read this book twice as well. I read it one and a half times, <laughs> I would say. Yes. I, oh gosh, I love this book. Like, I think we talked a little bit about, like, maybe the ending wasn't, like, could have been more. But otherwise, I feel like this is, like, a perfect book. Like, mm-hmm. it had the right amount of slow burn. I really liked the characters. Tessa Bailey does a lot of interior monologuing in her books. And sometimes it can be a little contrived. 
my opinion my opinion my opinion but in this book i really i thought it was really good like she doesn't she it's just a it feels like a more mature book by her like the characters just seem really well fleshed out and like like real people yeah and i think if you read her forward she's like this was my covid baby like this is what i worked on and even just like the first few chapters i was like oh yeah this is it just is really well put together yeah so who's piper okay so piper is an la darling she has just been arrested for breaking into a pool at this hotel in la and hosting this big party where there's like a bunch of naked people running around and because she got broken up with by her boyfriend so she's like reeling from that she doesn't know how to she wants to bounce back from it and show like her instagram following that she's you know she's a huge following she's fine. Yeah, she has, like, that's like what she does yeah like, she is an influencer that yeah. and she's 28 year olds like being supported by her stepfather yeah and- her stepfather is a movie a movie producer yeah movie director so. something like that her mom remarried because her dad died when she was young because he was a fisherman and he died on the boat so she she gets arrested and her stepdad is like this is the last straw you need to go learn how to be a responsible adult Which, and so to be fair like he really shouldn't have waited till she was 28 no <laughs> that's the one thing i was like is this really the first time you're having this conversation with her but yeah he's pissed yeah he's pissed because it also because it impacts his movie he's, he's trying to get like funding for his yeah. movie and she's it's impacting like, it and he's messing everything up yeah so he sends her to the town where her father lived and where her her mom and her dad met because her father owned a bar there and they still have that property so he basically sends her there and she and her sister her sister accompanies her because she doesn't want her to be alone she has to go for she has to go for three months and basically show him that she can be a yeah responsible and adult. she's really unhappy about it and i mean she she's like super into influencing instagramming but she's like super shopper too she's like i need to be like waxed and primped like all the time carrying around like four thousand dollar accessories Going to a little fisherman's town in the Pacific Northwest is not her number. (laughs) She's wearing like a lipstick purse when she arrives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the the male character is Brendan and we just get her perspective for like the first few chapters of her like being in LA and dealing with that whole scene and getting like her stepfather like telling her she has to go. And the first time we get Brendan's perspective, he's like sitting in some bar looks out the window and like these two blonde women get out of the cab and then comes out like seven suitcases <laughs> which i'm sure were like all of louis vuitton or something like you know expensive and she has this big floppy hat and she just does not look like she belongs at all mm-hmm. and then they walk into this bar which was her father's and had been abandoned since he had passed like 20 years ago and the locals had like kind of commandeered it and they call it the no-name bar. And they just, like, collectively they just drink coll- collected dues from each other. Yeah, yeah, just a place to drink. And these two women walk in, and they're all like, what the fuck is this? And she's like, oh, we actually own this place. We are on the deed. And Brendan is immediately like, who are these spoiled women? Why are they on our bar? Like, this is definitely a little bit of an enemies to lovers story. I'd say dislike. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I I think she does that in a lot of her books. Yeah. And I think for the most part, though, for the ones I've seen or read, I also think it's, like, believable. Maybe because it's not a full enemies to lover and it's a dislike. Like, that's a – I love enemies to lover as a trope, but I sometimes find, like, the believability behind Mm -hmm. it a little – difficult to rationalize yeah where it's like you really you you really hated this person you hated them because yeah. of this one thing they yeah. said to you 10 years ago and you've hated them this whole time you've never had a real conversation and now suddenly yeah yeah anyway i i do think she does the dislike to like really well especially in this book like you can actually see his interior monologue being like oh well i kind of he's like he's really nice like he's a really nice polite guy he's really responsible and he's like throughout the book starts realizing like oh maybe i haven't really been fair to this person like she's trying she's being really <laughs> yeah. nice like oh she actually is considerate like shit i've really yeah he writes her off as kind of like a spoiled whatever yeah. at the selfish selfish and and then like in their first three run-ins he like learns a little bit more about her but still is kind of standoffish and like hurting her feelings and then he's like oh my god i'm such a dick yeah <laughs> and, i mean eventually they get together but this is like a very good grumpy sunshine trope example like he is the strong, strapping crab fisherman, just like her dad was. Mm-hmm. Um, and she is this, like, dainty little Barbie. A little socialite. Yeah. And I – okay, so I never watched Schitt's Creek 
Did you watch it? I watched the first couple episodes. Okay. Apparently this book is kind of like based on the character Alexis on that. I also only watched the first few episodes of Shit's Creek. But that, that whole show is like a rich family who, I don't know, like lose all their money and they're, they're running from like the FBI or like the IRS or something. And they end up in this like tiny dilapidated town and the daughter Alexis is like kind of like Piper here. She's just like totally stuck up and has no concept of anything real world and... I guess she falls for a local, but I didn't get that far. I didn't get that far either. That's funny because Tessa Bailey's window shopping is kind of like a Ted Lasso. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that quickly because I, I didn't get to that one. That's a holiday. Well, let's, let's finish it up one summer first okay, okay, because okay. the next There's thing so in my notes books. is vaginal orgasm. Oh my God. Yes. So let's, <laughs> yeah. So when that. I was writing notes for this episode about like what we want to touch on. Okay. So this is important. She writes great sex scenes, right? And the first time that Brandon and her have sex, he gives her a vaginal orgasm. And this happens in almost like every single romance book I read. What is different here is that Piper goes home to her sister and she's like, oh my God, he gave me a vaginal orgasm. And her sister's like, oh my God. And the fact (laughs) that they just like treat it as this like anomaly is like the first time I've ever seen that in a yeah, romance. It makes it a lot more believable. It does, because every other book, which, I mean, still love all those other books I read. It's, it's fantasy. But it's, like, yeah, yeah but there's, yeah. you suspend reality. And it's just, the, I think it's not the fact that like it's happening, it's that no one talks about it happening and the fact that it's, you know, amazing or like out of the ordinary. Or like doesn't happen for the majority of women. Yeah, exactly. So... That's why I have vaginal orgasm exclamation point in my bullet point. And how did you pronounce it first? <laughs> how did you pronounce it first? <laughs> I thought it said vagina with an exclamation point. <laughs> Not used to seeing the word vaginal on the page. Anyway. Maybe you need to zoom in on the text Yeah, I do. My, I'm good. my eyes are old. <laughs> anyway, so she also tries to resist the relationship because she's used to like all these guys in LA getting bored with her pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. So she tries to keep their relationship just about sex and he's like, nope not happening Mm -hmm. and i mean a lot i feel like a lot of her character her male characters do that in uh, in other ways but they kind of like they take charge they're they're an alpha for sure yeah he's great the other characters in the book her sister She's getting her book. Yes. The that's sister the next, Hannah. That's the next one's coming out. That's Hannah. the next And Hannah is like totally the opposite of Piper. She's like very down to earth. She loves music. She loves record yeah, stores. She, she just, just like lives like in the record chill. store. She has no like Instagram. She doesn't want to be ever be tagged in Piper's stuff because yeah. she doesn't want. That said, the sisters get along really well. Yeah. They're best friends. It's yeah. really cute. I really like the female I know, relationship. I know. I, what book. I liked about this book is like I, I definitely love like the sex scenes and all the dirty talk and the, the relationship, but I cared about all the, all the other stuff going outside of it too. And that doesn't happen to, for me for everybody book I read yeah sometimes I'm just like okay skip to the part where the main characters are on the page together yeah and forget about it all the other side stuff so the next book coming out is focused on Hannah and I think the guy is Fox who is Brendan's mm. best friend and like skipper or something and after rereading this book like I got introduced to him again and I think he's a bit of like a, a player he's definitely a player he's the opposite of Brendan where he just wants to sleep yeah but still a fisherman like he's not like a city boy player he's like a fisherman. He's the rugged fisherman. He's the player. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is that your sexy, sultry voice? <laughs> I hope not. Uh, so it's called Hook, Line, and Sinker. Comes out March 1st. I'm really, really fucking excited. I'm sure it's going to be a 2 a.m. read to read in a single sit. And I will borrow the book from you afterwards. <laughs> yes, because that's typically how it works. Um, yeah, so really quickly, window shopping. I don't. You haven't read this one yet. Oh, I didn't read it. Okay, so it's a Christmas book, and I was you weren't in the mood well okay during december i was rereading the zodiac academy series because the eighth mm. no the seventh book came out like right before christmas but i forgot how long those books were yeah. and it took me almost three weeks to get through the six of them because i think they get, they get like really really long as they you do. get towards the six so i did not get to window shopping so please tell me about it okay so window shopping i'll just go over briefly because we're probably going to include it in a holiday episode in the future this is the the Ted Lasso MMC character. I have not seen it. Okay, I'm gonna go into it. I'm gonna go into it. So Ted Lasso is a show on Apple TV. You love it. Fucking amazing. I've. It's, I only it's tried to watch the first amazing. five minutes and I was like kind of bored. Um, you need to keep watching. <laughs> Josh is looking at Kristen like she's insane right now. Josh is our like sound master. Tech, tech, everything. Yeah. Website builder, logo designer. Yes, but editor. he's looking at me crazy. Yeah, naturally because the show is great. So he. <laughs> 
what's his name? The main actor, he gave a talk, he did the monologue on SNL recently, a couple months ago, and he was like, we're really surprised that the show did well, because it's the two things that Americans hate, like, being nice and soccer. Like, like, no Americans are interested in this. Okay, Ted Lasso's, like, just, like, a nice... Yes, he's so... He's really... He's a, he's got a mustache. He's a really nice guy. <laughs> Did you need to mention the mustache? Is that, like, essential to the character it's, development? It's, it's an important character trait. <laughs> he's just a really nice guy who's, like, wants everyone to be happy and is doing his best and is in a, a fish-out-of-water situation, and it's it's so pure. Is there and, a romance in the show? Yeah. Okay. It's, like, different characters. Actually, one of my favorite male characters in the show is in that... Is not Ted Lasso, but is in the show. And he's like a really grumpy hero type, and he's amazing. I think another another Romans podcast did a whole episode about him because he's so good. Roy Kent is that character's name. Never heard of him. You need to watch. You need to watch the show. I'll I watch like, it with you. I, I like grumpy brooding hero. I have so. seen the first season twice. I will watch it again with you. You borrow my books. We can I borrow your can, Apple TV. We can live tweet <laughs> you watching this show. <laughs> anyway, so this character in window shopping is the Ted Lasso type. He's like. He runs a department store because it's in his family's business. He's super nice. He's just a really positive guy who like wants to give people a chance. And the female main character is recently out of jail and is really hardcore and like cynical and angry about the world. And so it's like a reverse grumpy yes, sunshine. Yes. This is what I'm talking about with Tessa Bailey and her fucking random job. <laughs> she wants to be a window, oh, like department store window designer. That is like her dream. I'm like props to her for like coming up with but like how, really it's unique probably careers. like five people in the world have <laughs> this job. Well, like maybe it's like part of someone's job. No, no. This is her whole job. No, I know, but like in real life. Okay, maybe. It's like- so they are in the street in front of the window She's just gotten out of prison, and he asks her what she thinks of the window, and she's like, this is fucking terrible. And he's like, well, what would you <laughs> Complete do? Complete honesty. Yes, he's just like, what would you do? Like, he's, she has no idea who he is or that he owns the store, and she, he keeps making jokes and, like, making her smile, and she's trying not to smile, and she's like, what the fuck? I'm, like, really angry. Like, I don't want to – this guy should not be making me laugh, or, like, why is he so happy? Like, what's going on? <laughs> and – uh he ends up asking her to apply for the position for window dresser because they have one position open and it's like really essential that they fill this position and get the holiday shoppers in. Just seems very pre-COVID to me. Um, <laughs> I've released, and she, I've released and written during COVID. <laughs> <laughs> um, Aspiration. And she applies and he sees that she's been in prison and he's like, well, fuck it all. And he ends up interviewing everybody who applies because he doesn't want to like he doesn't know who she is and he doesn't want to play favorites. So he interviews literally every person that applies. He has like a whole day of interviews and she's scheduled as the last one and he realizes it's her and he gives her the job and then later on has to like reckon with the board of directors who's like, this is a really important job and he gave it to like a felon and it's just – anyway, so it is the opposite gr- grumpy sunshine. But um, but is he like possessive and jealous and like a so, alpha? So they have the dirty talk in the sex scenes but it's really interesting because – in the normal course of the day, he is a Ted Lasso, happy-go-lucky, super positive, like, smiley all the time. And then as soon as they get behind a closed door, or his office, or his apartment, he's, like, dirty talking. And, like, <laughs> I was like, this is not... Did it work? I don't know. I have to reread it during the holidays. Okay, so on that note, going back to the the um, Major's Welcome Home, he kind of had that, too, because he's, like, this, like, good mama's boy... Like, yeah, you know, army guy. And yeah. then, but he has like some repressed stuff where like he's a virgin, but he always has been like kind of turned on by the idea of rough sex. And then he actually like gets to explore it with Kenna and they really like match like that. But he, so he kind of is like really nice outwardly in public and then he gets behind closed doors. Yeah, it's like a switch gets Yeah, flipped. but I found that really believable in that case. Yeah, I don't know how believable it was in this case. He's just suddenly very, very dirty. It's like, I don't know. Are you? I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't think that Jason Sudeikis' character on Ted Lasso would be in, behind closed doors, but we don't see that in the show, so I don't know. Yeah. Um, well, okay. So but yeah, I'll, so that I'll brief that. interlude of that, but we will, we'll talk about it more during a holiday episode. I'll read it next time for sure. It's worth reading. Probably after you show it's entertaining. me Ted Lasso. How many seasons is it? There's two seasons right now. And is it still on? Yeah, they're doing one more season. Okay. All right. Okay, so I want to talk about another book. Yeah. Runaway Girl. You didn't read this one. I think this is like her most popular one. It's part of a series, right? It's part of a, I think it's part of like a, this is just two books in the series. There's 
Getaway Girl, which is the first one. Oh, but there's Renaissance Man. I think there's like four. Oh, okay. Yeah. But I had, I had never heard of those other ones. I heard of Get- Getaway Girl. Runaway Girl is the second one in the series. And I think it's like her most popular one or like was her most popular one before it happened one summer. It takes place in Florida. So again, like I feel like she does things all over the country. We were in Washington and we're in Florida. Naomi is this beauty queen from South Carolina and she is at her wedding and she decides to ditch and run. (laughs) Basically, she was like grew up in South Carolina society and her parents like think she has to marry the mayor who's that's the guy she's going to marry and like live a certain way and, you know, spend her life hosting cocktail parties and charity functions you know like basically high society and not really doing anything else and we the first very first scene is her like getting her dress on for her wedding and she's contemplating whether she wants that and comes to the decision that she really doesn't know who she is because she just has been like reared with this like very specific vision for her life and to act a certain way and she needs to figure herself out So she runs, she hops in her car, she drives all the way to Florida and there's a great scene in like the first chapter where she's still in her wedding dress, which I'm sure is like a really big extravagant dress based on, you know, her rich family and the huge wedding they were planning and she really has to pee and so she has to like go into a gas station with her dress and this like woman ends up helping her like lift her dress up to go to the bathroom. I mean, I remember that from my own wedding. But anyway, this case was a stranger in a, like a 7-Eleven bathroom. <laughs> anyway, so she's in Florida. For some reason, she decides to just like stop where she is and figure out that she needs a job because she has the money that she had packed for her honeymoon. Like she had her honeymoon suitcase in her car. She had money in her suitcase? Yeah, I guess they like just like cash like oh, for the trip. For they were going. So she has some clothes, but it's not a lot of money. And so she ends up finding this listing in the paper for a beauty pageant coach. And she is a beauty pageant girl, you know, growing up how she did. She's won like tons of titles. And so she shows up on the doorstep of the person who sent out this ad. And Jason opens the door. Jason is like a tatted special forces diver. Another like this army guy. not what I thought this book was about. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> well, it's great. He takes one look at her. First of all, he saw, he sees her before she comes to the door because she's parked her car like on the, on the block and he sees her changing in her car and he's like, what is going on? She's actually changing out of her wedding dress. He doesn't like see her naked or anything, but he's like, who is changing in the back of their car before coming up to my door to answer this ad? But she obviously doesn't want to show up on this doorstep in the wedding dress, right? Uh, Anyway, so he opens the door. He's like covered in like oil and grease because he's working on a car and she's like really bright and sunshiny and he's like, who are you? And he, he's very grumpy. This is like, this is exactly like Brandon and Piper, but like done a different way and, you know, different, very different, like overall, um, except for these like standard character tropes that they seem to fit into. Anyway, the person who needs the beauty pageant advice is Jason's sister, who's a teenager. Naomi ends up getting the job and... Her and Jason have a lot of sexual tension and back and forth. And like, I always think Tessa Bailey does a lot of internal dialogue with the male characters, especially where they like, it's a dislike at the beginning, but then they start to, there's like some insta lust there. They're just Mm -hmm. like, well, I don't like this person, but oh my God, they're hot. And like, no one has ever made me feel this sexually charged before. And then it gets into the feelings. Like all of a sudden their internal dialogue, they're like, why am I starting to feel these feelings? <laughs> and there's the endearments, like, where yeah. they say in their head, like, oh, God. <laughs> they'll, they'll use them in their head, and then they start to use them in real life. You don't like the endearments? I, no, 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 no. I like some endearments. I do not like baby girl, <laughs> which is in Fix Her Up, <laughs> which I have other problems with. I do not like baby, <laughs> because I'm not a child. <laughs> <laughs> there's a few others that irk me okay I, some of them are fine I, sweethearts okay i like and it's, my, it's personal preference some yeah. people love baby girl some people are into <laughs> it some people like calling their spouse daddy i mean that's not what i'm doing but that's more power to you everyone has their thing yeah and we're not kink shaming but just so you know tessa bailey has terms of endearment so if you're not into that you have been warned but she uses different ones she for does. every book okay so i totally get the the baby girl thing. I happen to really like baby. That's probably my number one. <laughs> one. So, 
<laughs> like I said, I'm Tessa Bailey's target audience. You are. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> um, I think he calls her beauty queen in Runaway Girl because she's like a pageant girl. Like, huh, I forget. And then maybe some other ones. But Brendan in It Happened One Summer calls her like honey and like sweetheart or something. I don't know. I think it's sweetheart. Yeah. But he uses honey too. Yeah. Um, anyway, Runaway Girl's very good, but it's very similar to It Happened One Summer where like he's also a, he's a special forces diver and he's dealing with PTSD. So he is like a protective type too, but more of his comes from his PTSD. Like, do you, do you think she handles, like, do you think she describes that well? I mean, not that one I don't, not that has PTSD. But yeah, and I'm knowledge. not a, like, psychologist that I can know exactly, like, how it plays out. I don't know if it was necessarily, like, accurate or realistic. It definitely kind of you, could be used as an explanation for his, like, possessiveness hmm. versus the other books. The guys are just possessive. <laughs> There's not really a lot of reason behind it. Yeah. But in this case, he's, like, he's checking the locks all the time. Like, he doesn't do a lot of new things because he hasn't you know, scouted the area and made sure, like, where he feels safe. So, yeah, I don't know. I I don't think necessarily it plays it out really well, but it doesn't touch on it a ton. It's, like, I really think it's, like, used as the catalyst for this is why he's so protective of her. Yeah, it's a plot device. Yeah, yeah. But there is this great part in that book where she's trying to experience these new things, and so she decides to go to a naked or nude parade, like, in a nearby city, and she doesn't tell him, of course, because she just wants to, like, experience something new and just do crazy things. Wait, where are, th- where are they? They're in Florida. So she's, like, going. Okay. She's driving somewhere. And so she gets body painted with, like, really beautiful airbrushed flowers all over her and stuff. And then she walks in the parade. And she's just, like, empowering for her, like, after growing up and being, like, told what to do her whole life and how to look. But, of course, of course, he finds out. and Does he, he come to the parade? Of course. Oh, man. Yeah. Oh, but her sister, like drops it to him knowing that he'll probably go and so he does but I kind of thought like he would show up and like grab her right away and be like get out of here like no one's about to see you but he doesn't he actually like watches her for a while first and just reflects on like how happy she looks Mm -hmm. and how much she's like like looks like she's doing well for herself and like getting what she needs out of it then he goes and grabs her and is like you you gotta cover up, girl. Um, <laughs> sidebar: I was just yesterday at brunch was talking about um, <laughs> what to what level of nudity is allowed in different states. <laughs> so, for example, in New York, I think you can be topless, but you can't. Uh, that's it. You can be topless, though. You can't show your genitalia. Um, but in Seattle or in Washington, you can be totally nude in the street and it's fine. Really? And that is how they do the Fremont um, Solstice Parade, which I biked in several years ago where you are naked and painted and it is a real thing so oh my god this is a real thing did yeah. you get like airbrushed and everything no my friend and i painted each other and were you fully she nude good at it so what you... i wore underwear because wait, i wait what do you mean she was like good at it? like it, it was, was like, like fine there's, there's a picture of my side boob in the paper <laughs> <laughs> blurry side boob. i will show it to you but like was it's it not like going on her was it not good in the sense that like <laughs> it just wasn't like well done like it was oh, covering co- okay i thought you meant like it was warning no no no, no it was covering things but it just wasn't like beautiful like it wasn't i wasn't an airbrush okay. goddess on a bike i was like a hip hippie okay. did it feel like free it was very liberating like, yeah okay. yeah do they although, do it every year yeah they do it every year um although i will say at the beginning this is pre-law school pre-everything but i was getting ready at the start and there was a guy with a camera walking around taking pictures of people and i was in my head i had a moment where i was like i kind of want to be like a professional something someday and i feel like this is like maybe not something that someone should have pictures of me doing in the future that's why and we also then, don't share this podcast yes. with our employers yes uh but there is a, a tasteful blurry side boob <laughs> image that i will show you wow if you knew if to look for me you would notice it was me but otherwise you probably wouldn't be able to tell okay Anyway, we, we won't share the year of this. The point is. So that people go hunt down your side boob. Yes. Yeah. The point is, uh, <laughs> naked parades are a thing. And Mary B in Florida, you can be nude. I don't, we gotta, okay. Probably given all the this Florida man so stories. This is so educational. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, something new every day. <laughs> okay. I think we just want to touch on like two more books. Because like, oh God, I could just keep talking about these books forever. Also, the last episode we did was on serial killers. And so we like were reading a lot of serial killer romances, which is just like 
dark shit. And by the end of it, I needed a break from dark romance. Now having read like five Tessa Bailey's in a row, I'm just like a junkie for her. Like I just want to keep reading more. Like they're just like so happy and uplifting. Super sexy, obviously. Anyway, they've been putting me in a good mood all week. I'm glad. I'm good. Yeah. That's good. That's great. Okay. Talk to me about uh, Heatstroke. Heatstroke. Okay. So Heatstroke is the second book in a trilogy called the Beach Kingdom series by Tessa Bailey. Obviously. It's, yeah, it's really good. <laughs> the first book is about, so basically the three books cover three brothers. Rory is the first book, Jamie is the second book, and then Andrew is the third book. Sorry, but Rory is not, I don't like that name. Okay. <laughs> to each their own, <laughs> Kristen. I know. Okay, baby girl. Jesus. <laughs> Wait, where's, where does Travis come in? What were we talking about? I'll fix her up. We'll yeah, get there. We'll get there. Um, I'm like saving the best for last. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> So Jamie is the middle brother. He's gay. He's very happily out and open with the world. Uh, He's got really strong relationships with his brothers. They manage a series of lifeguarding stands and a bar. The three brothers do. So they bartend together at night. And then during the day, they go and save lives on beach in Long Island. And Jamie... (laughs) is friendly i guess with this guy named marcus who's been working at the lifeguarding shack and the bar as a bouncer for the last couple summers and every summer he's gotten progressively more like given more attention to jamie i'll say so he'll come in and be like yo jamie or he'll like bring him like a juice or something and it's just like he's just very He's, like, really nice, but he's, like, just given a lot of attention to Jamie, and Jamie's like, okay, so this guy is gay, and he doesn't <laughs> know it yet. Like, that's what's happening. Um, but Jamie, he doesn't want to be in a, in a relationship with somebody who's just figuring their stuff out, because he's been out for a really long time, and he really wants to be, like, you know, he's proud of who he is, and he wants to be out in society. He doesn't want to have to hide his sexuality or his relationships. Um, and a few years ago, he hooked up with somebody who had not previously been with a man, and that guy kind of freaked out and told his friends, and they tried to drown Jamie, and that was the impetus for part of Rory's story in the first book, because he ended up beating the shit out of that guy and going to jail, which is a spoiler, but it's fine, because these books are not really about the plot. <laughs> <laughs> these in particular? Yeah, yeah these in particular. This it's is like more a porn with three. plot? No. Well, it's like a good, it's a mix. It's 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 more porn than the other some of the other ones, yeah. Okay. So... He doesn't really want to deal with Marcus being out, but they have this, like, in similar to other Tessabelics, they have this insta-lust, like, they're just really attracted to each other. And it's sort of coming to a head because they just want to spend more time together. So Marcus bets him something stupid. It's like, if whoever's song gets played more at the bar that night will win the bet, and Marcus wins. And so he gets to take Jamie to this, like, monster truck show or that's something. the bet prize this is as yeah. far as i got in the book where they were like yeah they was at the bar and they were doing the song yeah thing yeah but i didn't so find he takes out the truck thing and jamie's like a super book nerd like he's a bartender but he also is a teacher during the year he marcus is like a crossfit junkie yes he's a crossfit junkie he, he like makes juice and he <laughs> that's how you mentioned juice is there a lot of juice in the yeah book? he opens a juice a juice bar at oh, the end wow. of the book yeah oh, with jamie's help so it's really about it's juice. It's really about juice. And he, it's really cute. Um, you know, they try. They have one that's called, um, one of his juices is about like post-sex or something. And Jamie's like, oh my God, like you should not name this juice after that. I feel like he, it's like, like a lot of page states dedicated to juice. It is. It's great though. It made me thirsty in multiple ways. Oh wait, can we talk about yesterday I was re-listening to it happened one summer on audio and I was listening to it on my run and the very first or like after she gets arrested we're talking about Piper again and it happened one summer she gets arrested after throwing that party on the rooftop and like that narrative in that in that chapter is her really having to go to the bathroom (laughs) and I also really had to pee on my run and it was like excruciating (laughs) listening to that chapter because I really had to pee and she's talking about how badly she has to pee and you're kindred kindred spirits exactly and you want to juice during well, this book. only because she's talking about all of your fucking page. Uh, so Jamie's really book nerd. Marcus is the opposite, but they obviously are attracted to each other. They start hanging out and sort of just they can't really can't really stop it. So they start spending more time together and they end up hooking up, and then it just kind of keeps happening. And Marcus, his brother, and his the rest of his family are very straight and always talking about women and sex and when are you gonna find a girlfriend? Like it's constantly being brought up to him. 
And so he is really scared of telling them that he is gay and that he's interested in Jamie. And so he doesn't. And he asks Jamie if they can just keep it a secret for a while. And Jamie, because he really likes Marcus, is like, okay, fine. We won't tell anybody that we're together. So he's sort of compromising on that so that he can, you know, be with Marcus in secret. So really good sex scenes. I love a great male-male sex scene. I think they can be really well done. She did a really good job, I think. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I really liked it. With all the dirty talk still? Oh, yeah. But more on, like, both sides? Yeah. I can't remember what their term of endearment was. There's some definitely some babies in there. Um, this all comes to a head when Jane, or Marcus's brother shows up at his apartment and Marcus is naked on the couch asleep and Jamie is, like, just getting his clothes on. And oh, my. Jamie's like, shit. And he doesn't want to wake Marcus up, so he walks outside with the guy, and he's already called his brothers to come pick him up, so his brothers are on the way, including Rory, who previously got arrested for beating the shit out of somebody. And Marcus's brother, Jamie says something about, like, you know, this isn't how we wanted you to find out, I'm really sorry, blah blah blah, I really, you know, I'm, I'm really like your brother. The brother ends up hitting him, and Marcus comes out and sees him, and he's like, oh my god, I can't believe Jamie got hurt again because of me. And Jamie's like, I can't do this. Like, I don't want to be in this situation again. So he leaves. And Marcus basically just, like, lives under his bed, literally, for the next two two (laughs) weeks. juice. (laughs) No, but so they – anyway, there's a good – it all comes out in the end because Marcus's juice bar needs to open. So they they find a way to um, come together. But all juice aside, I really do want to finish reading this book. It's good. It's good. good. And then the third book in the series is pretty good, too. It's about the oldest brother. And there's some shit that went down. Is that, like, a novella, though, right? They're all they're all novellas. They're, oh, are they? They're all like they're all like three hour reads, maybe. Oh, okay. Yeah, they're not um very long. So once you finish Major's Welcome Home, read the Peach Kingdom series. Yeah, that's a whole day of books if you're reading Kristen. Yeah, or less, <laughs> depending on how fast we're going. Yeah. Okay, I want to talk about one more Tess Bailey before we wrap it up. It's called Follow, and this takes place in Texas. I really liked this one, but I had some believability issues just around timelines. Like their whole relationship happens in like five days. And I would say in addition to like romances in general, having the happy ending, like that's how you define it. I feel like, except for the novellas I've read, almost every romance ends up also with the characters loving each other. Like they all Hmm. come to a, oh my gosh, I love this person. I love you. Like I I can't really think of any romances where. Well, it wouldn't really be a a happy ending if they don't no i know but like you could have a happy ending without them like saying i love you to each other where they just agree to be together or something i'm just saying like that Mm. is part of the formula i think and so to be fair in in the um in psycho the book we read last week by only james by only james the book i read for our um serial killer episode he can't love so (laughs) literally there you go but he's (laughs) like i can do all these other things for you so they don't have an i love you moment well lucas loves him but he is like, I can't love you, but I, uh, all these other things I have for you. <laughs> okay. Well, with the exception so of that go. book, <laughs> I just feel like there's almost always an I love you moment at the sure. end. Like that's part of, that's part of the happy ending. I think yeah. you're right. Okay. So, but this book, it, as great as it was, the whole relationship takes place in like five days. And so they get to like the I love you point like that quick. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I think I said I love you after like a month Same. being with my husband. Same. So I guess it's possible. Two months maybe. And they were together just like constantly for five days. I don't know. Does the book end? Is there an epilogue that's later though? Or is it yeah. literally just five There days? is an epilogue that like, it's later. I can't quite recall it. I've Again, I've been reading a lot of Tessa Bailey back to back to back. It's getting a little blurry. P.S. If you fell in love with your spouse or your partner in five days, tell me about it. Yes. I want to know. I also want to know. Yeah. I want to know like how it happened and if it was like legitimate love. Like you are now reflecting back. Because that's what I – that there's like a honeymoon phase of a relationship. And I feel like a lot of times that's that lust is kind of can be confused with love. Anyway. You know who fell in love in five days? Who? Pam and Tommy. That is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> we really want to talk about Pam and Tommy to at some point. <laughs> <laughs> we weren't even talking about the penis. You just love to bring it up. <laughs> it's talking. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's a spoiler. Yes, Sebastian Stan's dick does talk. It has a speaking role in that show. Yeah. (laughs) Anyways, in Follow, Teresa lives in LA. She has... (laughs) Caitlin's losing it over (laughs) the talking penis. (laughs) Relax. 
fine. Go on. Keep okay. talking. <laughs> Teresa lives in LA with her younger brother, who she's very protective over. Her and her brother fled New York because her family had been in the mob or like her father was like a lower level mob guy. Not the boss for sure. But her brother has ended up going back. I can't remember why he goes back. But when she is going to pick him up from the airport in LA, he calls her and he's like, I'm not coming back. And she doesn't say it outright, but it's very clear to her that the reason he's not coming back is now he's involved with the mob. And she's like, oh no, this isn't happening to my family again. My dad was already involved. You're not getting my little brother involved. So she flies out to New York and goes in and confronts the mob boss and is like, how can I get him out of your employ? And it's great because she is putting on this like, you know, sexy outfit, not like a clubbing outfit, more like a a badass bustier leather pants outfit. Like Mm. I own this shit, but her internal monologue is like, oh my God, I'm so scared. I'm scared, like shitting myself. Um, Because she like goes head to head with this mobster guy. And anyway, he says, fine, I'll let your brother out of my employ if you go collect my son who is in Texas now. So the mobster's son is this guy who is not, he doesn't do mob stuff at all. He, like, didn't know his dad for most of his life and didn't even know he was a mobster. He's, like, a big finance guy who's made millions. He's, like, a millionaire. But his dog got sick, and he decided to, like, bail on work and drive around the country with his dog. Spoiler alert, nothing happens Uh, to the dog. I'm sorry. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'll back up a little bit. (laughs) What? He's, like, working, like, a finance. No, I mean, I heard you. I just – this is, again, another – it's fine it's fine it's very normal it's a normal thing to do the point is he works a shit ton he doesn't like his job even though he makes him a lot of money i understand he decides right exactly so he decides and then his dog gets sick so he's like fuck this shit i'm just gonna go drive in my car and take my dog with me and we're gonna explore the country and spend some time together before my is dog he coming passes. back to his job or he just is- no he he's like taking a leave of absence and like doesn't know if he's coming back the shareholders are kind of freaking out like we know no one knows yeah, what's happening gonna ignore the fiduciary duty issues this is the attorney coming out <laughs> yes there are lots of problems like that in many books i agree especially when i read Bridge a book where contract. they're like where they're like i just will sell my business to you and the next day it's done. like they just is done and they've handed them a bunch of money yeah like it doesn't work like that no anyway okay Anything this is involving real estate too i'm like there's no fucking way it's not anyway this is not what we want to talk about because no. we're gonna bore our listeners <laughs> we should probably, yeah we should probably have an episode though where we just talk about all the shit that people get wrong <laughs> all the, the legal stuff that's wrong <laughs> oh man i fill up a bunch of episodes anyway so she is tasked with going to get him because this mob boss cares about his son going back to his big wig job probably for a, a like a financial reason. Oh, so he wants his son to go back to yeah, being a big wants, way. He doesn't yeah. want him to join the mob. No, but he wants him to go back and and we don't really know why at the beginning of the book. But like I was already suspecting like I bet you the, the dad has like some kind of financial interest in like his son keeping that job where he – like he, I think he works in like the stock market. Like he mm. – something like that. Anyway, so she is tasked with going to get him and he's like, if you can bring my son back home in five days, I'll let your brother out of my employee. So she goes after him and – they don't have a dislike to lovers. This is a straight up, hey girl, lovers to lovers. Like, oh, she breaks into his hotel room, basically gets naked, and he walks in and she's like, oh, I'm in the wrong room. <laughs> and and they immediately have like a flirtation and a connection. But because the mob, like she's essentially doing a job for this mob boss, she doesn't want to sleep with him because she's like, I don't want to be that person who's essentially like getting paid for sex, even though her payment is like getting her brother back. Mm. So they wait for a while to have sex, but Tessa Bailey crafts some really fantastic scenes that don't end in sex, including one where they are both in their hotel rooms on opposite sides of the wall with the balcony doors open, and they're basically getting off but talking to each other. It's really hot. Interesting. The plot is a little, you know... There's some believability issues, but I think out of all the books I read this week, this had the hottest sex. But is the dog okay? The dog is okay. But like forever? Yeah. It lives forever. It never <laughs> I gets... I don't know that. As far as the universe of the book. Yeah. It is fine is forever. It, yes. Okay. Yes. That's okay. That's I care about. Oh, of course. When I was reading reviews for this book, like to determine if I wanted to add it to my TBR, 
like one of the first comments was like i was really bad worried about the dog <laughs> but that the do- would distract spoiler me, the dog's okay that would honestly yeah. distract me if, while reading it I probably should sure. be put in the foreword like no animals die in the yeah. storyline yeah that's a trigger that would literally warning. be the worst yeah it was definitely a trigger warning so yeah. that sounds good oh my gosh it was a good week okay well real quick before we wrap up i want to talk about fixer up because so you liked this book I think it was actually the first Tessa Bailey I read. I didn't reread it for this episode. I read it like over a year ago and I didn't remember liking it too much. I was more like had not read someone who does dirty talk like mm. her before. So it was more like, oh, hey, this is, this is great. This was written for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This was written for me, but I didn't really like anything else. Okay. <laughs> Okay, that is not what you told me. You you were like, you need to read Fix Her Up. I think... So I bought it. (laughs) (laughs) I think I did kind of like it. Also, after Runaway Girl, if you like look at the reviews, it's like one of her top rated. So people obviously like it. Okay, there are good things about it. Yeah. There are good things about it. I like several things about it. (laughs) (laughs) What things did you like? (laughs) That's a great question. (laughs) I liked... Some things that I can't recall right now because the other things are very overshadowed. Okay, listen, listen. Her job, the main female character's job, is a children's birthday party clown. Like, she is in full makeup and clown suit in several scenes. Oh my god, so this inspired your comment at the beginning about the jobs? Yes. She is, not he, there is literally a scene outside of his car when he takes a baby wipe and wipes clown makeup off of her face. <laughs> and there's a reporter there. Okay, the premise behind this book is that they're fake dating so that he can get a... Um, he's a, a baseball big, player, right? He's a baseball player who's injured, so he can't play anymore. His name so is he, Travis. Uh, other issues with the names. Her <laughs> name's Georgie. No... I mean, no shame to people who are named Georgie. It's a very cute name, but like Georgie, Combined with the, the clown. Georgie the clown. <laughs> the clown. It didn't work. It didn't work. So they have a fake relationship because her family won't take her seriously. So she's like, if I'm in a cool relationship, that doesn't make any sense to me either. They'll <laughs> they'll, pay, they'll think I'm an adult. And then the he fake wants dating to trope has show. a lot of believability issues. Yeah, generally. And then he wants the producers for this sports casting show to see that he's not like a player anymore because he used to he was he's known as two bats because his <laughs> penis is really big and he would have sex with a lot of women so he's two bats i'm like two bats simultaneously <laughs> really glad but also really sad that i didn't reread this book <laughs> it was it had, it had their concerns anyway so they're in this fake relationship they have sex in a dugout while it's raining after they run <laughs> and they're standing upright. And they're standing upright, and then they that's walk like the, home. That's like the one thing I remember from this book. It's like I'm pretty sure they had like sex standing up, like him carrying her. Well, he's in the very middle. strong, and she's a short clown, so maybe it's plausible. <laughs> maybe it's plausible. I don't know. Uh, oh, no. And then he ha- he has like issues with his dad, and I also found the whole like the whole conflict at the end where you know they break up for a little bit. Because he said something in a bar because his dad was there about how she like didn't mean anything to him and her brother overheard it and then left. And her brother is supposed to be his best friend and he didn't even be like, hey, did you maybe say that because your dad was there or do you actually not love my sister? Like it could have been cleared up with like a very simple, very as, simple as conversation. Often I know. Can be. I just it's but mostly yeah. the clown thing. <laughs> it wasn't my favorite. If so, you're gonna read Tessa Bailey, we have given you a whole list. Yeah, of and you know what? Really good ones. She has so many books. Like some of them are just are not gonna be the winners. That said, a lot of people like that book, so it just didn't the resonate with you. Sex scenes were good. The sex scenes were good. I just there were some things I couldn't get over. <laughs> Man, okay. I'm very opinionated. Were there, <laughs> I don't. Well, it's fine, but I don't remember if this was the case. But were there any sex scenes involving clown makeup? Well, no, but or he, clothing. But he no. Oh, so that's what I was gonna say. They're outside of the of this kid's fucking birthday party that he attended. He just showed up at this kid's birthday party <laughs> to watch her work, and then she paints his face, and he's trying not to get a heart on while in, <laughs> surrounded by children. Okay. And she paints his face, and then they go outside because there's a reporter there, and he's like, "Oh, we need to like show this reporter that we're like together." So he like goes up to her with her clown fucking clown outfit and clown makeup, and he's sensually wiping the clown makeup <laughs> off her face in front of this reporter because the reporter's what gonna get a report to I'm like the tabloids of... and be like, "Oh, Travis, two baths." <laughs> 
It's a cloud. Is in a, is in a relationship with this sweet, sultry cloud <laughs> why outside did, a children's Why school. did he think, like, that he was he just like any relationship is fine <laughs> no i think big <laughs> date well or i think he's like a clown so, yeah. <laughs> i don't think it was her occupation i think it was that she's like very sweet although then she also shows up they're supposed to have this coffee out where he could they can be photographed and she shows up and she just like totally forgot she's wearing like a very thin tank top and she just forgot to put on a bra so she shows <laughs> up and she's just like it's like 85 degrees and she's like i have to wear this shawl because my <laughs> nips are just out and it's like you don't Listen, if you have boobs that are big enough that you shouldn't have them in a thin tank top, you probably know before you get out of your car after leaving your house. Probably know while you're walking around your house. You probably understand. Yeah. You probably know by the time you get to the front door of your house that you should maybe put on a bra. Oh, no. My bra. I forgot. (laughs) You know, I'm not really mad that I encourage you to buy this book because this is is just Just worth it. I have so many opinions about things. But in general, I like Tessa Bailey's work and they're very entertaining and they're fun. I'm really, really excited for the new one. Oh, also, I read that she's coming out with, I think it's a romantic suspense in June. Which I don't don't think she's done before. She's on fire. So we will put a full list of our books that we read in our show notes. And I don't know, is there anything else you want to say about Tessa Bailey? I think that's it. Just uh, her book's out by the time this will be published. So just look out for her new... Yeah, I probably will talk about it in a flashback or not a flashback, a Feel Good Friday because I, I'm i just really excited about it. Yeah. I really like the universe of the It's Happened One Summer, that Washington town. It just, it clicked with me. So, okay. Well, thanks for listening. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can check us out on Instagram at at loveandpodcast. Please send us notes, stories. How you fell in love with your partner in five days. Have you ever been a clown? Have you ever been a clown? (laughs) Have you been involved? Do you know a Travis? (laughs) (laughs) Have you been involved in a sexual situation involving clown makeup? Ooh. (laughs) That's a small universe. (laughs) It could be a very big universe. Maybe. When we do our, we start doing our kinks episodes, Mm. that might come into play. That's true. Okay. (laughs) You need to have an expert on for that one. Until next time. Thanks for listening. Go love yourselves.